Let's go in-depth on all things Hawkeyes. This is Hawk Central on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Happy Wednesday, Hawkeye fans, and welcome into another episode of the Hawk Central Radio Show right here on 106.3 KXNO. I am your host, Chad Leistico, sports columnist who covered the Iowa Hawkeyes for the Des Moines Register. And I've got two special guests tonight as we roll from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock here on a Wednesday night. First of all, I wanted to say thank you again to a rock star guest and Phil Parker. Last week, the Iowa defensive coordinator shared how he goes about formulating an elite defense year after year. And if you missed any of that conversation, shame on you. But also check out that podcast at hawkcentral.com, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts by searching Hawk Central two words. Later in tonight's program, I'll be joined by old friend Kennington Smith. As many of you know, he was our resident NBA expert on the Hawk Central podcast, and we'll check in with him to see how things are going in Alabama and the fit of first-round pick Chris Murray with the Portland Trailblazers. Also, we'll wedge in a uh, late-breaking sports gambling update uh, regarding the NCAA reinstatement process. I'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But first, a warm and uh, hearty welcome to a guest making his Hawk Central debut. And it is fitting as we near the one-year anniversary of the launch of the Iowa Swarm Collective that we are joined by Iowa Swarm Collective CEO Brad Heinrichs. Brad, uh, welcome to Hawk Central. Uh, it's great to be here, although having to follow uh, Coach Parker is uh, that's that's not something I would wish upon anybody because he's 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 awesome. Well, he followed Caitlin Clark, so you're you're on the heels oh. of Clark Parker, wow. and now and now talk you. About, so talk about falling off the cliff here. <laughs> well, you got to bring it now, Brad. Let's uh, let's see what we got here. Let's let's fire right. up. I'll, let's I'll fire do up. My best. We got about twenty. <laughs> 20 minutes or so, but uh, obviously Brad uh, uh, give, you know, has done great work with the Iowa Swarm Collective. Uh, you've seen uh, a lot of the, the deals that have come in, a lot of the players that have come in. I mean, I don't, he probably won't take credit for any of it, but I would like you, Brad, to just kind of give us an overview of maybe some of the most important things that this collective has accomplished over, the, over its first year of existence. Okay. Um, well, I guess I would just start by saying that I'm, I'm, I'm super proud about our infrastructure. Uh, we, we've got a, a collective that I think is set up to stand the test of time and the test of the IRS, um, and that we've got two separate entities. Um, one of the entities is a 501c3, the public charity. Donations are, are tax deductible, but the mission there is, is to really pay student-athletes as independent contractors to do work for charity. And, and that's what we've been doing. And, and, and all of these guys and gals on uh, football and basketball um, have a, 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 uh, an amount on an annual basis that they're willing, that they're able to, to earn um, if they attend our events, which are uh, charity-based, where we are delivering meals on wheels or doing Big Brothers, Big Sisters or visiting the elementary schools in the, area, in the Eastern Iowa area, what have you. Um, doing lots of hours of community service and, and getting paid for it. And then we also have the other entity um, set apart from our 501c3 where uh, maybe your more accomplished players or are able to get theirs by, by uh, doing work for uh, – do marketing work for, for various corporations um, and, and, and really upping their – in order, I guess I would say, uh, fully – 
um, recognizing mm-hmm. their ability to, to earn money for their name, image, and likeness. And so, so of what we've put together, proud of our uh, of our two employees, uh, Scott Brickman and Jane Oswald. Scott is our, our fundraiser. Jane's the um, our, our events person. And um, so we've got good personnel. We've got a great infrastructure. I think we've got a cool logo. Not going to lie. Yeah, um, and it's on it's beer cans. We'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've got a cool <laughs> logo. Um, I think we've developed really good relationships with the, with the coaching staff. I think they're very supportive. Um, I think we've established ourselves as the as the as the really the one and only uh, collective for the University of Iowa for for football and uh, and the two basketball programs. Uh, good relationships with coaches. I think we have great relationships and support from the players. Um, and, and as far as fundraising goes. Uh, you know, we've been able to raise over $3 million in the first year, which is a good start. Um, I think we've got a long ways to go there, and we need a whole lot more, you know, many more members than, than we currently have. We have a little over 2,000 members. Um, but, but, you know, it's a, it's a start. Um, we put forth uh, probably a couple thousand hours or, or more in, in community service by, for these student-athletes, so we've, we've made a positive impact on the community. We've uh, we've also started to, to create some 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 passive income for the for the collective in the way of um, developing Swarm Beer. If you haven't heard about it uh, or seen it, you should you know go it's down the beer island. Yep. Yeah, go down the go down the island high V or, or or pick your grocery store or gas station the next few weeks or months, um, and you'll see our logo and and. Um, so we were able to develop a partnership with with Exile Brewing, where we get 20% of the of the rake. We've also developed partnerships with other other corporations like Elite Casinos, Papa John's, Summit Agriculture. There's a whole bunch of of, of great organizations that are supporting us that, and, and supporting our players. Um, so a lot to be proud of, um, but a long ways to go, Chad. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you mentioned at one point you needed or you thought you were shooting for like. What, 10, like 10 million a year, right? 10, 10 million a year is what I think is going to probably take to for us to be as successful as we want to be. Sure. Okay. Um, so I don't, uh, as best you can, and if you can't totally understand, um, this is, uh, sure. you know, we don't know what you can say. This is new, new, new territory for us too, uh, in the media, but, uh, yeah. you know, what uh, you said, 3 million, but how much would you say on average might be distributed to the players in each sport, like football, men's and women's basketball? Uh, if you can't say, you know, maybe a ballpark. No, no, no. So, so when I say we've, we've raised a few million, that, that really goes to, to both entities. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I don't mind telling you that, that you know, out of the out of the collective, if you will, um, you, you, you're you're uh, that's the the charity thing, yes, the, the charitable arm. Um, that that the players get somewhere between ten and thirty thousand um, dollars in terms of opportunity. Um, now, granted, if they don't do and that's this, everybody. They don't do the work. That's everybody that, that, that wants that's to do. That's everybody. It. That's everybody. Walk-ons included. Yeah, and depending upon who you are, you, you you're going to fall somewhere in that pantheon of mm-hmm. in the third. Um, different sports, different. You know, are you a walk-on or you not a walk-on? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. but, but also understand um, that that this the, the, you know participation is voluntary. These guys don't have to, and gals don't have to uh, partake. And some of them. We'll, we'll attend one event and that's it. Or they'll send, you know, and they, and they won't get their their allotment. But they have to they have to do the do the work um, in order to to, to get paid. Sure. Um, just like any independent contractor would have to do. Yeah. Right. Um, 
so 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 but then on the but then on the swarm inc side those are those are private business deals where where um you know student athletes can partner with with um, a corporation and and you know unlike say the nfl or or maybe other places where they you know they'll they'll publish contracts contractual amounts we don't we're not going to have to do that and mm-hmm. so i can't speak to how much so and so is 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 making on the swarming side or or what have you but um they that give me at least gives you a flavor but we've we've given out we're in our, we're trying to give out as much of the money that we've raised as we possibly can um to our to our uh student athletes we try to run a lead or, lean organization to do so yeah, well, we'll get to that as well. I mean, you're not taking any pay, which uh, I think is kind of crazy, but it's amazing, actually, the, what you're doing for this collective and, and what you've given. Uh, well, it's on my uh, list. Okay. So if we can get to it, I want to. I want to hear more about your, your backstory. But, uh, but first of all, we, you know, Iowa has kind of been on a recruiting run lately. I, I asked for a lot of uh, listener questions. This is one of them. You know, uh, with all the uh, 2024 recruits already committed, how much would you say NIL has had to do with that? There's a big, you know, big surgery. A lot, a little, or nothing? Um, I, I, if we're talking about high school, yeah, talking about yeah, high yeah. school 2024. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's funny. I asked Tyler Barnes that very question. I said, "How? You know, are these guys talking about NIL? Are they asking about the swarm? Are they wanting to know about NIL?" And he says, "More so than ever before." Um, it's obviously, you know, these kids are are in high school, so they're a little timid to, <laughs> you know, uh, to, to to broach that that topic. But um, it's it's becoming a, a bigger and bigger deal, yeah. and. Um, you know, we, we don't pay any high school kids to, we're not paying high school kids to, to come to campus. Okay. So when you say, so if it's like, if, you know, that probably eliminates your a lot answer. Um, but I would tell you that, that these kids, um, they, they ask, uh, student athletes on panels, like uh, for example, football, these kids go and they, and part of the recruiting process is, you know, they get to ask player a player panel any question they want and i don't think the coaches are even there for it um and so they can be real about you know asking about nil and 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 some of those questions do come up and and the players are honest um and so these kids do have an idea of what their opportunity would be if they come here and and i would suspect that to some level um that's that's attractive uh you know money 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 does matter even when you're 18 um, some more to others than to others. So, so I think the answer is probably a little bit, um, sure. and it depends upon which issue, which which person. I would say on the transfer portal side, it's a much bigger deal, and it's, okay. it's you know a lot of the folks are 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 you know they're they're driven they're they're money driven to some level. Um, they're they're usually older, more mature, um, and you know looking for their best opportunity, looking to play for an organization that that has a strong NIL program if they were somewhere that didn't. And, um, and, and so I think that our infrastructure and what we've in our war chest, if you will, um, has, has put us in such a good position that uh, I think that we've had um, one hell of a recruiting hall on the transfer portal side for football and, and on basketball, we've got a really, really good player coming in as well from, from Valparaiso Mm -hmm. that I think is going to, going to turn some heads and I and I would and I would argue that that our organization um at least assists in in, in you know if, if, if you were to 
interview these kids and ask them, yeah. uh, you know, what, what their reasons were for coming to Iowa, I would imagine that that the strength of the swarm would, would, would certainly make, you know, their list at some, at some level. Um, you know, sure. how high that it depends on the individual. Yeah, as fate would have it, I think we're talking to Ben Cricky tomorrow over at uh, oh, the nice. Iowa Basketball. So maybe I'll just ask him that very question, Brad. So thank you for the Feel tip. Feel free. Yeah. Feel free. <laughs> so I, I would love to know the answer. I'll, I'll tune in yeah. to, to find the answer. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, so, you know, two of the bigger – I'm skipping ahead a little bit on my list, but but you raised something that was really interesting. So how – so whatever you can tell me, walk me through, yeah. I mean, two of the most high-profile acquisitions basically start to finish in this portal cycle was Cade McNamara yeah. and then Caleb Brown. Cade from yeah. Michigan, Caleb Brown from Ohio State. So yeah. when those guys are available or, you know, I don't just whatever you can tell me how it works from your end, is it like, yeah. you know, are you springing into action or is it just sort of after the fact or how does – you know, how does, uh, you know, Caleb Brown or Cade McNamara decide, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's a pretty good offer or that's, uh, you know, that's something I want to come, you know, be a part of or, or, or what, how, well, what is your, well, yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's really interesting. Um, just, just being as forthright as I can possibly be, uh, the, the NCAA rules, which are just unbelievable to me. Um, and in, in a, in a, in a not so great sort of way. Okay. <laughs> rules are that you're not supposed to induce someone to come to your school with NIL money. Okay. Sure. Um, which, you know, is incredulous to me. Right. I mean, if I, if I said, Hey, Chad, do you want to come work for my actuarial firm? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, in, and I tell you how great it is to work here. And then I say, well, what do you think? Well, what, what are you going to, what are you going to ask me? <laughs> how much are you going to pay me? <laughs> Right. How much are you going to pay me? Yeah. If I'm going to have to hang out with a bunch of nerdy actuaries all day, I want to know what, 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 you know, what price you're willing to pay to have to do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but then, but then I would have to say, if I'm, if this was the NCAA, I would have to tell you, Chad, no, you know, here's the deal. We can talk about that once you're on campus, but I'm not able to just give you a number. I'm not willing, I'm not able to tell you what your salary is, but once you accept and you show up, then, then we can talk about your salary. You're going to look at me like I've got four heads, yeah. right? Okay. So it's probably the, 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 one of the NCAA rules is most commonly <laughs> broken, I would bet, yeah. across sure. just because I, I, I live in this world. Um, and, and then the other you – know, so the other thing is I'm, I'm not supposed to be able to go and, and reach out to a prospective student-athlete and, and, and offer them – money or contracts or NIL monies, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what needs to happen is that you're, you're, you know, pick your prospective student athlete there. They have to reach out to us. They, they need, and then I give them a, a talk about how we're structured. I tell them what our war chest is. I encourage them to, to talk to the, to the player panel, mm-hmm. um, ask the coaches and ask kind of what their opportunities are there to give them an idea of what they're going to be making while they're here. Um, I'm not supposed to be able to, um, to say, Hey, we're going to give you prospective student athlete this much. Um, that, 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 those are the rules. They're ridiculous rules and they're broken daily. But I'm just telling you that that's the, the landscape that we're trying to, um, to navigate uh, as difficult as it has been. I think that if you talk to these folks, and ask them again, 
um, was a swarm instrumental in your decision, I think every one of them would say yes. And I, and I firmly believe that, that, that if not for us, we wouldn't have as good of a roster um, this fall as we have now, not just, not just with newcomers, but some of, some of our current student athletes that we're about to move on um, that stuck around because of their NIL opportunities here um, through the swarm. I'm very proud of that. Yeah, that's that's great stuff. Uh, thank you for sharing that, Brad. Um, let's delve into. I've um, got a lot of my list here. Let's delve into the beer thing quick. Uh, how did that sure. com- How did that come about? And it, is it accurate that you've got some vodka coming out as well? Yeah, we do have some vodka coming oh, out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be that. We're gonna be the Vice Collective, I guess. By the time <laughs> it's all said and done, if you, I, I'm not. I don't plan. I don't have any plans to partner with Marlboro for cigarettes or anything <laughs> like that. But. But, um, you, you know, it, it, what, I, what I basically have been trying to come up with are ways to develop passive income for the Swarm so that I'm not having to beg Hawkeye fans as much uh, to run this thing. Um, it's been difficult to get a lot of donors on board. We only have 2,000, a little over 2,000 members at this point, Chad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we, need, we need five times that many or more. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we're a one-year-old. But it's you know I, it, there's some resistance, there's inertia out there for one reason or the other. So I'm trying to come up with some ideas, and I thought you know, partnering with a brewery, you know, you think about traditions on game day for at Kinnick, in and around Kinnick, a lot of drinking going on. Um, if we had a a, a swarm branded beer that was easy easy to drink, um, Hawkeye fans knew they were helping the the program by drinking it might be a hit so we talked to several breweries exile seemed to be the best fit for us and so that's what we've done we've also uh partnered with a foundry distilling company to 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 make swarm vodka which will be uh coming out at the end of july i think as well or beginning of august so by 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 game one um hawkeye fans will have their 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 choice to of of how which drink they want Boy. to to consume before kickoff. Got an eleven a.m. opener, by the way, Brad. So, well, hey, Chad, you've been <laughs> you've been, yeah. the, the, the the crowd doesn't just show up at ten thirty for that eleven That's o'clock true. opener. Yeah. So, the bloody bloody Marys are a big deal on eleven That's o'clock true. opening, yeah. and, and having uh, swarm vodka maybe 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 the 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 uh, device of choice. Yeah, um, Bloody so. Mary's pregame and uh, Swarm Golden Ale postgame, right, after the victory. Doesn't that sound like a good idea? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not? Uh, thank we you. We get 20%. Well, by the that's way, we gr- That's 20%. an amazing rake. I don't know how you scored that, but well done by you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I, I was really I was really excited about that. Um, and uh, and actually, with, with, with Foundry, we're getting 25%. Don't mind telling you that. That's right. Uh, so, so we're yeah. It's it's not inconsequential money that'll be coming to to us. Absolutely, and it's a way for Hawkeye fans to help. I'm not encouraging that publicly, but I'm just saying this. Uh, you can you can do the math in your head. You know, fifteen dollar bottle of vodka, whatever it is. You know, three yeah. bucks, three bucks or four bucks almost goes to uh, yeah yeah goes to the collective. So yeah uh, yeah, good stuff. You're listening to Hawk Central from the Des Moines Register and Kicks. So, no, this is Chad Lystico talking Hawkeye sports with Iowa Swarm Collective CEO Brad Heinrichs. Uh, a few more minutes here with Brad. Um, you were quoted quoted by me on the record as saying, after the retirement announcement of Gary Barda, that uh, 
I was I would say we cheer hard for the same team, and because of that, we are very cordial when we happen to run into each other. But Gary has never called me in the last year to ask what he can do to help us, nor has he offered any ideas to help us out up to this point. That was uh, in in the wake of Gary's retirement. Uh, have you seen any more flexibility uh, from the athletic department or Beth Getz, the inter- the, uh, the uh, presumed uh, well? eventual AD, but for now, interim AD as of August 1st, uh, regarding your relationship. There hasn't been any, 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 any change at this point. Um, I'm not, I I wouldn't have expected anything really. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if we get into August and, um, Beth and I haven't chatted then that'll be disappointing to me, but, yeah. Uh, you know, it, 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 she may not feel it's her place at this point. I'm, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but you know, cause she's, nothing has changed. I mean, Gary's still the AD and, um, she's still the, the deputy AD, I think it may be your title. Correct. Um, yep. so, so, uh, you know, there's, there hasn't been any, any, any real change to that. And again, I, I, I didn't mean to, it's not, you know, there's nothing to be gained necessarily by, by bashing Gary. I mean, that's, I, I like Gary Barr and I wish him well in retirement. Um, you know, but you hope for change. I mean, you're hoping for a change here, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I, I, yeah, I just want, I want the Hawks to win. I want yeah. it to be successful. And, and I know the athletic department holds a lot of good cards that they could use to help us. And, um, I'm, I'm seeing it happen elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, there's a little bit of, well, I don't know if it's jealousy, but, um, it's, it's, I just feel like it's probably more just lost opportunities that I'm seeing that, that I really hope to catch in on in the future. What, what's one thing a future Iowa athletic department could do one thing that they could do to kind of bridge that gap or help, help you help them. There's, there's, I can give you a handful. Chad. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, one thing I'd like for them to restructure their deal with Learfield. Um, hmm. so you know, why is that? Learfield, why is that? Well, you know, the athletic department can't pay us. Okay. They can't, there no athletic department can pay a collective. Okay. Uh, but Learfield pays the athletic department for rights to, uh, for clinic rights, for, you know, for advertising, all sorts of things. Right. And, um, and, and what I've learned in this job is that Learfield really controls a lot more than I ever would have expected, um, in and around Kinnick and Carver. And uh, what I would love is for, and, and I think Learfield would be agreeable um, in my discussions with them is is to for Learfield to pay to pay the athletic department less, and then for Learfield to pay to pay us. Learfield is not the athletic department; they are an own they're a for profit entity. I would love to see them to to uh, to pay us uh, because let's face it: when the Hawks win, Learfield wins. Yeah, and at this point. Um, the, the, the players, a lot of times, you know, the, the, the players are who they are and, and come here partially, at least due in part, due to the swarm. And so um, that would be one way, an easy way for us to make quite a bit of money that we're not having to, to beg Hawkeye fans for. Um, so that would be one thing. I think that every other Power 5 school, not every, but many other Power 5 schools are hiring NIL people within the athletic department. Someone or some people who are 100% of their 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 job is to assist the collectives and to help the student athletes with NIL. We don't have anybody like that. Okay. Um, many of our Big Ten competitors already have that. Um, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see calls for arms. I'd love to see the athletic director come and say, "Give to the swarm." 
I know you've been given to our athletic department for a long time. Consider giving some of that to them. We're about to get a whole bunch of money from TV contracts. Really, where we're you know the the arms race is now on the collective side. I would love for the next AD to say something like that. Um, that may be pie in the sky, but I would love that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so you know, those are the kinds of <laughs> those are just off off the, the top of my head. Um, sure. Some of the kinds of things that, that that I would love to, I would love to see. I, lastly, I would say, and this shouldn't be too difficult, when 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 Hawkeye fans renew their season tickets for basketball and for for football, I'd love to be able to have something on there and a brochure that says, hey, give you know you may want to consider giving to this form or have something where if you can, they, they've got a line on there for you to give to the Hawkeye Club. Why not a line on there to give to Swarm? Um, you know, I, I originally asked to say, hey, can I make this easier for you? Give me the email addresses of all the season ticket holders while well, I caused a big yeah. I caused I caused a big uproar. Yeah. Like, I'm fine. You I'm made fine us write extra stories what? at the Music City Bowl. Thanks a lot. Buddy. Yeah, why, why don't you just do it for me? Why don't you just do it for me then? I don't need I don't need their I don't need their addresses or email addresses if if you're gonna mark it for me. And the NCAA says that the athletic department can market okay. uh, and fundraise for the collective. And so I'd like for them to do that too. So there's, you asked for one thing I gave you like Give five. me four. Yeah, that's all right. Four. There you go. Well, we are out of time, Brad, but uh, some, we're going to have to have you back. Cause I want, I want to hear about your day job too. And, and how, you're, okay. how you're doing all this, uh, you know, for free. So uh, I, yeah. I would just warn everyone don't piss off Brad. Cause if he walks away, this <laughs> This collect <laughs> this is the collective folks uh, wow. that's out there. Well, I appreciate and, and you've done it. you've done great work in one year. It's amazing what you've accomplished in one year. So I know Hawkeye I, fans I, out there appreciate it. I, I appreciate your kind words and your support and, and I know that you've done your your part for sure in, in helping to to kind of spread the word of, of what we're trying to do and I and I do really appreciate that. So um, I look forward to, to chatting again sometime soon and, and, and go Hawks. There you go. Congratulations on almost one year. So thank you for your time today, Brad. Thank you, Chad. All right. Coming up next, an old friend joins the Hawk Central Radio Show. You're listening to Chad Lastico of the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 KXNO. This is Hawk Central on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to Hawk Central Radio here on 106.3 KXNO. I'm your host, Chad Lysico of the Des Moines Register. Just over two months until the Hawkeyes' September 2nd season opener against Utah State at Kinnick Stadium. Unfortunately for us, Kennington Smith departed the Hawkeyes' beat after two outstanding years to cover Alabama football for the Athletic. And as you know, he was also our guide to all things NBA, like Luca Garza, Joe Wieskamp, Keegan Murray, uh, when they took their games to the next level. And uh, I thought with Chris Murray getting picked number 23 overall by the Portland Trail Blazers last week, uh, I was like, well, I wish we still had Kennington on the show. So I said, why not bring him back to discuss it? So welcome back, old friend, Kennington Smith. How you doing, my man? I'm good. Uh, I appreciate the um, the call out. You know, I've been uh, like I said, I joined the text group like I said that I would. So I've been enjoying um, you know all of your content and keeping up with all things Iowa. And um, we were texting on draft night when yep. uh, when Chris was kind of in that range. So he landed in a great spot for him. Uh, Pacific Northwest, a little isolated, and in uh, an organization that I think is going to cultivate him pretty well. So I'm excited to talk about him and anything else. Absolutely. Uh, first things first, though. I mean, we've got so many listeners. We're so sorry to see you go, and we were just—we uh, all just kind of want to know, like, how are things going in Alabama for you? 
yeah, everything's going everything's going well. It's obviously a lot different um, than Iowa, especially like the access. I know we were texting uh, maybe last week or the week before when y'all had the player availability, and I was like, man, I wish we could have ten players available. <laughs> like, in, I needed your help, man. So, <laughs> yeah, so um, it's a little different here, obviously, uh, but it's been going well. You know, I, I enjoy being back home. I, I've been you know back home to Atlanta to see my parents a few times, and got a chance to see some friends and some family. And I like what I do. Um, I'm excited about some of the things that I have coming up project-wise um, in the next couple weeks and months. And obviously football season is going to be crazy down here with all the, the questions around the program and the, the schedule that they have. So exciting time. Um, but obviously, I, you know, I miss working with you and I miss uh, all the great people that, I, that I've met and came across in Iowa as well. Well, we just had Brad Heinrichs on uh, from the Iowa Swarm Collective and uh, you know, he was he was breathing some fire on the show. Lots of uh, uh, lots of strong comments, lots of revelatory comments. But uh, I just kind of was, you know, as fans uh, listened to that and now transitioning to this, I wanted to get a, an idea of the landscape of what the NIL situation is at Alabama um, and in the SEC. Kind of what what have you seen as maybe the difference from what you experienced covering covering that here at Iowa and what you're covering now? Yeah, I think. There's there's definitely a difference in philosophy um, at a school like Alabama compared to what Iowa's been dealing with in the portal, especially like in a sport like basketball or, or football, where a lot of the times players entering into the portal, especially on the basketball side, they're looking for kind of like those big paydays or like big inducements to, to come and commit. With Alabama, especially at the high school level, it's more so about what they can pitch as far as development and the winning culture. It's like if you come to Alabama, there's a good chance you're going to play or win a national championship and go to the NFL, and that money is going to be a lot larger than what we can offer in terms of like here's a million dollars to, to come to Alabama. That's not to say that there aren't NIL opportunities here. There obviously are. A lot of players do local TV endorsements and a lot of local TV deals because they do recruit heavily in-state. And then once you rise to a certain level of status on the team, like a Bryce Young last year, that's when kind of the more national brands start to come and, and, and pay large dollars. So they kind of do it in multiple in multiple ways, um, but it's not so much of, you know, here is X amount of dollars to come to Alabama. It's more so kind of like the icing on the cake. They do have a few collectives down here that do different things. They have a collective that puts out kind of like generated content, almost like what, what we do as reporters or players will come on in the whole podcast or to do interviews, um, video content. That's something that's just now starting to develop. So it'll be interesting to see where that branch kind of builds out into. So that's another way that they can put out content that's like school controlled, but also being able to put money in the players' pockets as well. So they kind of have their hands in a lot of different things, but you know, from where I'm sitting, they're definitely not doing anything as creative as what the Swarm is doing, like having a beer. And um, I saw a tweet that they're coming out with the vodka soon yep. and all of that. So the Swarm is killing it. And um, it's really cool to see, um, like, what the early vision was when I was there. And now it's starting to really kind of, like, flesh out into different avenues. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I think it's uh, safe to say without Brad Heinrichs and the Iowa Swarm Collective, you know, they wouldn't have Cade McNamara. They wouldn't have Caleb Brown, Eric All. I mean, uh, the the transfer portal has been instrumental into reshaping Iowa's offense. We'll see what the results are, but, uh, but yeah, no question about it. And so thanks for Brad for his time. Thank you, Kennington for that perspective. Now let's talk NBA, my man. Um, we were texting on draft night. Uh, you had done the story 
on uh, Chris Murray attending uh, Damian Lillard's camp in Portland. And lo and behold, uh, you know, Murray ends up in Rip City going number 23 overall. What, uh, just out of the gate, you know, what was your reaction? Having covered both Murrays alongside with me, you know, you covered his stay in school decision back on June 1st, 2022. You know, uh, this has been a long story building that, that you helped cover. So uh, what was kind of your reaction once this kind of came to a head, I guess, so to speak, and, and he went to Portland? Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to mind is everything worked according to plan for Chris. He went through the bra- he went through the draft process, gained the confidence that he needed, got the feedback of what he needed to work on, came back to Iowa, became an All-American, went first round. Now he has the guaranteed money and, and that long-term deal. So... On the surface, it was a successful plan for him to come back. Looking at Portland, I think it's a great fit. They're they're a team that is on the cusp of starting a rebuild, and it really just kind of depends on what they're going to do with Damian Lillard. But if they keep him, then Chris has an opportunity to learn and continue to learn from somebody who's been somewhat of a mentor for him over the last year and has a similar background of being under-recruited and rising to NBA stardom. Or if they move off of Damian Lillard, then they're going to have a lot of assets to feel a rebuild in which he's going to be a central part of because he was a first-round pick alongside Scoot Henderson, who went number three. So it's a win-win for, for him regardless. And I think he just kind of fits into that Portland culture. You know, with Keegan going to Sacramento, that was such a great fit for him because, um, you know, like I said, a little bit isolated, not big city, not a lot going on there. He can just solely focus on basketball. Portland is really the same way. It is a nice city. It does have some attractions. Um, but for Chris, it's just a place where he can kind of be out the way, focus on basketball, and and just kind of do his thing. And him and Keegan can play against each other regularly in the West. So um, yeah. from all angles, it, it seems like a like a really great fit. And I'm really excited to watch him in summer league coming up in a in a few weeks. Yeah, good point. Uh, based on the roster construction of Portland, I know things could change, but you know, do you think Chris gets a similar amount of playing time as Keegan did? Um, what do you see there? Yeah, I think there's I think there's definitely a pathway for him to start whether Dame stays or goes. They have an interesting situation in which Jeremy Grant, who was an Olympic gold medalist um, with Team USA, he's a free agent, so they could bring him back, and that might affect Chris Murray's playing time because they're they're kind of similar position at three four um, space. I know Damian Lillard is, is lobbying for Draymond Green to come to the Blazers in addition to bringing Jeremy Grant back, so that would move Chris to a bench role. But by and large, I, I do see him kind of having a very similar role as Keegan, where he's going to be. Um, dependent on to provide reliable shooting and to guard multiple positions. So if he comes off of the bench, I think there will be a little bit more pathway for him to maybe show a little bit more of his offensive game because he's not going to be, um, you know, the fourth option in the starting lineup with Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons and potentially Jeremy Grant. So mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of different ways for, for this to go, and it's really just kind of a, a wait and see because there's just so much going on in, in Portland right now. But without a doubt, he will be a big part of the team's rotation, and I do see him kind of, um, you know, being able to potentially be on an all-rookie team if things uh, work out that way. Ah, how about that? Uh, what? Uh, how about this? What do you see next uh, in year two for Keegan Murray in Sacramento? We talked a little bit last, you know, all last season about how they're still not running plays for him, whatnot, but obviously the Kings having some success. You know, does role, do you think his role stays the same or kind of what he started to show in the playoffs? Do you think he becomes a more instrumental factor in that in that team? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I if I see his offensive role expanding because the Kings 
have cleared a lot of cap space. They have $30 million in cap space, and they're bringing back their same core. So they're in a position to really go forward with a star player or a multitude of players that come in and build off of what they did last year. So I don't know if Keegan's role in terms of maybe more plays being ran for him will increase. I think for him, the next step in his game is just developing more confidence. And I think that a big part of that is Mike Brown and the coaching staff um, empowering him a little bit more. We talked about this a lot during the playoffs where if Keegan misses two shots, he's getting subbed out. He's not going back in for a long period of time. I think if the coaching staff sees him continue to develop this offseason, continue to develop more confidence scoring off of the dribble and becoming a, a more reliable shooter, which is going to be tough for him because he broke the, uh, the three-point record. But if he just continues to, to refine his skill, I could see the coaches giving him a longer leash, allowing him to, to maybe see more minutes, and then his production goes up that way. But they still have Darren Fox, Malik Monk, Sabonis. If they bring in another star player, then I don't necessarily see his offensive role expanding, but I do think there's a pathway for his minutes to increase if he continues to refine his skill um, both on offense and defense. Oh, man. Good to hear your voice again, my friend. Uh, we miss you greatly, and I know the Hawk fans do as well. So my last question in a, a quick nutshell, are you going to pick Bama to win the SEC or Georgia? <laughs> oh man, this is like putting me on the spot. Just um, say LSU. I, no, just yeah, uh, right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Georgia to win the SEC again. I yeah. think with Alabama, they just have so many questions on offense, which is tough. To, which is like weird to say because they've been an offensive juggernaut for several years, but quarterback is largely unsettled. So is the offensive line. Don't really know what's going to happen if they're going to have that dominant number one receiver that we've seen in years past. So those things could change. They could play themselves out. But as we're sitting here in late June, it's hard to, to see them overtaking Georgia as SEC champs this year. Of course. We, I knew I had to get a Georgia reference in. So <laughs> anyway, great to hear from you, my friend. And uh, be well. And uh, we'll be following you from afar. Yeah, for sure. I uh, appreciate you having me on. And um, I'm a fan, so looking forward to sending questions in the text group throughout the season <laughs> and, and watching uh, what happens with Iowa this fall. I'm going to be tuned in for sure. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll both be covering them in the playoffs. You never know. Right. <laughs> Maybe not looking this year. We'll see. We'll see. All right, still more to come here on Hawk Central. I'll dive into the late surge, late June surge of Iowa football recruiting and sports gambling developments right, next, right here next on 106.3 KXNO. This is Hawk Central on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to Hawk Central Radio here on 106.3 KXNO. I am your host, Chad Leistico of the Des Moines Register. Thanks again to Brad Heinrichs and Kennington Smith for their insight and conversation earlier in the program. A few more Hawkeye things to discuss. But first of all, just wanted to offer my heartfelt thoughts and prayers to the family of Steve Batterson, longtime Quad City Times reporter who passed away Tuesday afternoon, after some recent health complications, uh, heartbreaking, devastating, sad, uh, sat next to to Steve in the press box at Kinnick on game days and uh, could see firsthand uh, he did it all. And uh, I know his era at Iowa goes back to covering the 1983 Gator Bowl. I remember talking with him about that down in Birmingham at the NCAA tournament. So he has been an institution uh, covering Iowa sports, but not just the Hawkeyes. He covered... Uh, And he did cover women's hoops, men's hoops, wrestling, uh, football, but he also covered high schools. He covered small colleges and he covered, uh, I was told, 2,000 or so games with the Quad City Bandits. So he was everywhere 
and uh, he gave most of his life to journalism, and uh, he was highly respected by the coaches. I saw Brett Bielema had a tweet earlier today. He was highly respected in the media. And one thing about Steve, he never got caught up in retweets or likes. He just grinded, produced, and everyone got to re- that got to read him was blessed by his work. R.I.P. Bats, uh, the press box won't be the same without you. Uh, Developments here in the sports gambling investigation. Uh, As you recall, I don't know what it was, maybe a month ago, I wrote a month and a half ago, I wrote a story about um, the very difficult process of reinstatement uh, based on NCAA guidelines that I was able to obtain. Well, they have actually amended those guidelines effective uh, immediately, and um, it is for all wagering related violations reported on or after May 2nd, uh, the following guidelines will apply. That's from the NCAA today. May 2nd happens to be the day that Iowa uh, first found out about the potential criminal conduct surrounding sports gambling. As you remember, 26 current student athletes were flagged, uh, 15 at Iowa State. And, uh, you know, the four baseball players ended up missing, you know, the rest of their seasons uh, for the Hawkeyes. But there's still a little bit of a cloud looming over football. Well, here's the new um, the, the in a nutshell, uh, the reinstatement policies uh, outline the following uh, student athletes who engage in activities to influence the outcomes of their own games or knowingly provide information to individuals in sports betting activities will potentially face permanent loss of collegiate eligibility in all sports. And here's a, cre- a crucial line. This would also apply to student athletes who wager on their own games or on other sports at their own schools. So if you're uh, an Iowa baseball player who who may have bet on the Iowa women in the final four well that is that falls under the category of permanent loss of eligibility and that makes sense because you know student athletes within the walls of uh, you know their own university are going to talk and they're going to have inside information and whatnot that totally makes sense and, and betting in your games um, so that really did not change uh, but here's where things did change if a student athlete wagers on their own sport at another school Education on sports wagering rules and prevention will be required, and the loss of 50% of one season eligibility will be considered. So in other words, if you are a Hawkeye football player and you bet on the Ohio State-Michigan game, you could lose half a season, but it would not be permanent loss of eligibility. Uh, And then the other, this is kind of where I think they did uh, the right thing especially. Uh, For all other wagering-related violations, for example, wagering on professional sports. So they've taken out that stipulation of NCAA-sanctioned sports. So like if you're a football player, you can't bet on the NBA. Uh, That's changed um, here because uh, they've gone into the cumulative dollar value of the wagers that will be taken into consideration. Now, it's not hard and fast, but it'll be taken into consideration and... um, the terms of reinstatement are if you if you gambled two hundred dollars or less, you know uh, you're just going to get sports wagering prevention education. Two hundred to five hundred dollars, you'll lose ten percent of the season. You'll remember the Virginia Tech linebacker case where uh, he bet four hundred bucks on the NBA Finals, uh, and he self admitted it. He lo- he got uh, submitted a nine game suspension last year. Uh, it got reduced to six, but even that was fifty percent of the season. Under these terms, it would have just been a ten percent suspension. So like one game. Uh, out of 12, uh, most likely. 500 to $800, a loss of 20% of the season, so maybe two football games. And then greater than $800, loss of 30% of the season, so maybe three games, maybe four, depending on how they do the math. Um, but again, 
Uh, that's if you're betting, you know, like, uh, you know, you're betting on LeBron, you know, over under or you're betting on the, you know, the, the golf tournament, you know, at, uh, you know, the British Open or whatever. So um, I think that makes sense in today's uh, day and age that the, the violations shouldn't be permanent. You know, kids making mistakes, but every case is going to be different. And that could uh, that could definitely affect uh, positively. Uh, athlete, football players at Iowa and Iowa State. Um, so that is an ongoing uh, developing situation and probably good news for those players uh, that they won't miss the entire seasons or the rest of their careers as long as they weren't betting on the Hawks or in any way, shape, or form. All right, uh, no other way to put it, folks. Iowa football recruiting is on a terrific run. Five commitments this past week, including four scholarship players and several more are expected in the coming days and weeks. A couple tight ends uh, into the mix. Uh, Gavin Hoffman of Overland Park, Kansas, joins recent commit Michael Burt of Omaha. The last time Iowa had a tight end from Omaha, worked out pretty well in Noah Fant. So the Hawkeyes uh, get uh, help at tight end where they really needed it, uh, considering they're probably going to lose uh, Eric All And Luke Lachey, if he has a good year, you know, would, would be primed to go to the NFL. So Iowa needing to restock his tight end room, this helps. Uh a wide receiver, Reese Vanderzee of Central Lion High School. He is super intriguing, six foot five, 190 pounds, supposedly has amazing hands. Uh, he picked Iowa over Iowa State. How many times has Iowa State ended up with that that tall receiver that's uh, in-state receiver that's really good, like a Todd Blythe, Alan Lazard, that type of thing? Well, this time uh, Iowa wins that recruiting battle. Uh, he is um, his teammate. Uh, safety Graham Eben also accepted a preferred walk-on spot this past week. So that's uh, that's all positive. Central Lion High School cranking out <laughs> Hawkeye commits up in LeVar Woods territory. And then uh, here was an interesting commitment. Defensive end Devin Kennedy. He might be the most intriguing and exciting recent addition. He's the son of a former Penn State player and had a Penn State offer. Uh, Kennedy most notably comes from the Phoenix, Arizona area. And uh, uh, that was an area where LeVar Woods on this radio show about a year ago talked about Iowa wanting to break into, and this would would count as that first commitment out of the Phoenix area under this push. Uh, friend of the program, Tom Kakert, tells me that uh, Kennedy is, is his most exciting prospect of this recent group, uh, that he's just kind of growing into his body, 6'3", 240, and gives uh, Kelvin Bell a lot to work with on that defensive line. Uh, another commitment is expected to come on Thursday. Wide receiver K.J. Parker of the Immaculate Conception Catholic High School in Chicago uh, is a five foot 165-pound uh, wideout. Coached by Matt Bowen over there, former Hawkeye, uh, you know, NFL uh, guru, scouting uh, guru. So uh, that could be an interesting add as well. You would think that's a good fit. Cincinnati is the other finalist. Not official, but that should come tomorrow. And don't forget the Hawkeyes already technically have uh, another couple receivers coming in with this group and then add these two to next year. You know, you think about Caleb Brown, Seth Anderson. Now add Vanderzee and Parker. So you're starting to get some more restocking of that wide receiver room. And then there's other guys that are expected to kind of add their name to the list here in coming weeks. Uh, Jalen Watson, a defensive back from Toledo, a nephew of former running Iowa running back Fred Russell. A couple more DN prospects are trending toward the Hawkeyes per Tom and his guys at on three. 
HawkeyeReport.com, uh, Texas edge rusher Chima Chineke, uh, and St. Louis defensive end Joseph Anderson uh, on the list of potentials. And throw in uh, Florida safety Rashad Godfrey, who's down to Iowa and South Florida, and that could be as many as 20 scholarship commitments already in the class of 2024 for the Hawkeyes. With the unlimited official visits beginning August 1st, comes the added challenge of keeping them all on board, but this is a chance for Tyler Barnes and his staff to sort of put a bow on the class of 2024 and put extreme focus on the class of 2025 uh, after this highly productive late June recruiting weekend in Iowa City. Uh, Iowa basketball, I kind of teased it earlier in the show. We got we will be talking to some Hawkeye men's players on Thursday to check in with their offseason program. And earlier today, got another chance to catch up with Iowa women's superstar, Caitlin Clark. She was an absolute blast. Check out that story on hawkcentral.com. Uh, as she uh, talks about her golf game and prepares for the John Deere Classic and playing with Zach Johnson on July 5th in that John Deere Classic program, uh, she um, is nervous. She's very nervous, but she can hit the ball a long way. Nervous about her putting, but she said, eh, Zach Johnson will take care of that. So, uh, you know, put her up on the women's tees and let her launch. Uh, who knows? She could really put on a show. I think it's going to be kind of fun to see such a superstar in basketball perform in front of a crowd in a game she doesn't participate in as much, but she also really loves the sport. So uh, I assume a huge crowd will be out there next Wednesday, July 5th uh, at the John Deere Classic. Um, with that, uh, I was going to tease you to some other Iowa football stories, but we are out of time. So that'll do it. Um we really appreciate Brad Heinrichs. Really appreciate Kennington Smith joining us again. Uh, not sure yet about the status of next week's show. I've got one more vacation coming up. That'll be next week. The week after that, we will have Iowa linebackers coach Seth Wallace on the show. So a lot coming on Hawk Central. Enjoy your 4th of July holiday. And we've got to run. So this is Chad Lystico of the Des Moines Register saying so long and good night. And we will talk to you next time here on 106.3 KXNO.